welcome to episode 33 of Were You Even Listening? 2009 or Bus Part 2, finally, after all this time. Yeah, it's been a minute. We're finally getting to the second half of 2009, from May all the way up through December. I'm Natalie. <laughs> I'm Britton. <laughs> and on Were You Even Listening, we talk about music, typically indie underground stuff, but also a lot of pop, hip-hop. And whatever we, we feel do like it all, about. whatever yeah. we want to talk about. It's a very multifaceted. Yeah, everything. Program. I don't think we've ever touched country, but that's fine. I mean, we've talked about Casey Musgraves. That's true. She's in her own like realm. Though, yeah, I feel like yeah. she's like it's like the bubble of Casey Musgraves, and then the rest of country. And then Wheeler Walker Jr. is like somewhere like close to the other side, making like comedic <laughs> country songs. Exactly. But. Great. Anyways. Right after this word from our sponsors, we'll be right back. Why am I so bad at life? <laughs> like, I don't understand. So we did a social media poll to determine what album we would go in depth with today. And Kid Cudi's Man on the Moon End of Day. Is what won. So you guys have spoken. So we're left with that. So, I mean, there was, like, a good, like, we had a thread. There was a good, like, 12 options we gave y'all, including but not limited to Lung, Say Anything, Fame Monster, This Is War, Animal, XX, Brand New Eyes, Rated R. Um, grizzly Bear. Grizzly Bear. Uh, Till the Casket Drops. Yeah, there were choices. Black there Eyed were Peas. Yeah. And in the final poll, it was um, Kid Cudi, Florence, and Rihanna. Which, honestly, a pretty solid... Pretty solid group. Group of albums yeah. from 2009, I was really I afraid... I was afraid. Yeah. I was really... Afeared. Afraid, <laughs> I was afraid that Paramore was going to win, because for a while there, it was... Yeah, no, that was really high up. It was beating minute. lungs for, like, a good minute, and I was like, but why? Um, <laughs> like... like n- Brand New Eyes is a, it's a fine album. It has Brick by Boring Brick on it. Yeah. But that's uh, an exception. Yeah. And I don't like that song, so. I I mean, I like Brick by Boring Brick, yeah. and that's all. No, yeah. it's a pop. Yeah. We even, like, did it, too. There was, like, a whole guide where we chose, like, two of each kind of, like, main genres. Yeah, so we basically we get... did this, like, a research yeah. project. <laughs> it was exactly, like, a whole perspective, <laughs> you know? We stratified like, our samples. Hip-hop, pop, indie, alt-rock, emo, R&B. Wanted mm-hmm. to cover all the bases. Um, but, yeah, Kid Cudi ended up winning, so that's what we're going to talk about. And then we're each also going to pick our own albums that we want to yeah. talk about a little bit less in depth. But just because we're selfish and we and also we want to talk about, talk about, about we talk yeah, about. we were both kind of talk about Florence, and then we're like, no, we can't do that. Yeah. So, um, all right, so let's get into "Man on the Moon" at today by Kid Cudi, released September two thousand nine. It was his debut album. Kanye produced it, uh, sold over a hundred thousand copies in its first week in the U.S. At least, I feel it did a lot better in the U.S. than it did anywhere else. That makes sense. Yeah, it didn't. I don't think it really broke top fifty in many in other countries. Um, but it took three years to record, um, from like between 2007 and 2009. And in between then he did release a mixtape, mm-hmm. which had one of the songs, it had day, day and night on yeah. that. And then that's why it was on the radio for literally yeah, forever. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a solid piece. There is some random narration on some of the tracks by Common, which I thought was 
interesting. I don't really have any other words for that. It was interesting, I guess. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> it's that. Um, and, you know, I was, like, a freshman in high school. Maybe I was in middle school or eighth grade. I'm not, I, I don't remember. I think um, I was trying to do the math. We graduated high school in 2014. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, for me, 10th, 11th, 12th would have been 2012, 2013, 2014. So, then 9th grade would have been... 2011 and eighth grade would have been 2010 so this would have been coming out during eighth grade for us okay yeah i can't remember far back those memories are very like (laughs) i I, spotty at best yeah i'm so bad Um, at telling like so but i definitely remember listening to the singles like i remember middle school dances oh yeah i remember listening to the singles winter formal of the Um, day and night yeah (laughs) um in pursuit of happiness Yeah. yeah Um, but I can honestly say that I haven't listened to the whole thing front to back before this. Um, so I guess it was a good opportunity to, to mm-hmm. do that and go back and do that. And, you know, a lot of that is just because that's not something I did when I was younger. I didn't, I didn't listen to full albums a lot, well, but yeah, I, it's something I do a lot now. When but. iTunes was like out, it was like, I like this song and this song and this song. Right. And so I'm going to pay one twenty nine for, for these. these. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> And it's then, a little like, different now. At this time, I didn't really listen to any, like, hip-hop or rap, except for, like, whatever was on the radio, like, mm-hmm. on the popular stations and all that. I didn't really go out of my way right. to listen to that until, like, honestly, relatively recently. Like, it wasn't until the end of high school that I really started listening to hip-hop music and stuff. So it was definitely a good opportunity to kind of see what it was that everybody else was enjoying in 2009. Yeah. But at the same time, it feels it feels very like 2009 you know it's like i'm not gonna like i guess get into it too much but i just really feel like this isn't an album that is as enjoyable now looking back to it like i feel like in 2009 it would have been like relatively like important and revolutionary and all that but if this came out today it would be fine like pursuit of happiness would still be a good song the thing about it coming out today is i feel like now we have more artists that kind of go that route of being experimental that it's hard to break the mold Mm -hmm. i feel it's a little bit harder than it would have been that's what i mean like it looks kind of plain in comparison to where we kind of have gone and i I still think it's good though i i and i still think i mean obviously he's a name brand now like he's no he's well known Mm -hmm. but like putting that aside i think the music content alone i think it still holds up today and i think it would still be something that could potentially be popular and could potentially be well received had it come out today but i agree that it would have been way harder to to break into that because of how many artists um kind of since then in those in the 10 years since it came out are are going that route so Mm -hmm. yeah so when it came out it received generally positive reviews um it had three grammy nominations yeah and it didn't win anything um but you know it was an honor just to be nominated Pitchfork gave it a 4.1, calling it tacky. Yeah, they gave it a scathing review. Honestly, check it out, because it's like, literally, they went in, and I was like, wow, tell us how you really feel. Like, go off. Pitchfork is really like, (laughs) you know, they used to be like that, I feel. It's kind of calmed down in a way, but now they're just like praising and picking albums that are like either reissues or nobody's ever heard of. So it's like, what is the point of this? Yeah, no, it it was really like... We're not going to get a Kid A review anymore no. from them. 
It was like, it, I, f- I remember one of the lines was something like, no wonder he was going to retire before the album came out. And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. But, um, yeah. The Boston Globe gave it a good review, though, and called it spacey, adventurous, and ridiculously intriguing, if only because it's so different. Interesting. So I th- and I think that was kind of the general consensus among a lot of the, like, critical acclaim it got because i feel like a lot of people were just like it's so different you can't not listen to it Mm -hmm. It, and like as far as the contemporary scene goes like this wasn't a timberland song right like this wasn't nelly Furtado, this wasn't uh justin timberlake it it was like those were the contemporaries of it but it wasn't that like even a little bit yeah, Billboard said the album was anything but a traditional hip-hop recording and that Cuddy's different delivery is confident in a poetic and artful way. Sure. I mean, I agree, I guess. And then, all I mean, some all music really didn't like Cuddy's voice. I don't But really still either. thought it was a standout release. Yeah. And I feel like that's definitely something that I saw often, too, was his style, his delivery style was something that was critiqued mm-hmm. a lot, but... Yeah, that's as far as far as like the acclaim go. I feel like it did better among the masses maybe than it did critically. Yeah, but... and that happens yeah. for sure. Um, because that's why I feel like people say that this influenced them in some way in their mm. work. Because like fan, not fans, because I guess they weren't yet, but people who discovered this album found a way to connect to it in a way mm. that like other releases at the time, yeah, didn't necessarily allow. So, yeah, we can get into the analysis. Sure. We're not going to do, like, um, the I can't, deluxe. I can't talk about every al- every song. No, no, <laughs> we don't have to do every song. And we're also, I'm not going to get into the deluxe. Yeah. Or not the deluxe. Yeah, the deluxe version. Because yeah. um, there's a few more songs, and it's just like, that's a lot. Like, as it is, we're already at 15 tracks. Yeah. Um, But it, it does start, it starts off with In My Dreams. And I feel like this one definitely sets the tone for what's to come and that this is not going to be a hype record. No, yeah. <laughs> this is going to be like... something you chill out, you zone out to. Um, a little depressing. It, but... is, it is his dream, nightmares included. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I just feel like it It, it sets the tone for sure. For I think it's, come. I mean, yeah, it's it's just an intro um, in that way. It, it definitely sets the scene in a positive way. Um, not a positive way, but it sets the scene in a way that makes sense to the rest of the album, at least until you get to, like, enter Galactic. Right, yeah. It's like the first half of the album feels like it's an, an entirely different thing yeah. compared to the second half. Well, yeah, there's a definitely, I feel like there's definitely a turning point, and I don't know if it's because, and I read somewhere that uh, Cuddy said he needed to add more lively songs so that listeners didn't feel like they were listening to a, quote, slit your wrists album Mm. so i don't know if that's why it started to kind of have a turning point where it got a little less i guess depressing (laughs) or i mean not that it's depressing outright maybe if you really listen to the lyrics it is but i think less depressing than it is just like sort of honest about yeah you know emotions and relationships and and like the second track sound soundtrack to my life i think that one is definitely one of the more outright talking about mental health songs that aged really well because it's kind of the same Mm -hmm. thing if if only we're actually talking about this kind of stuff more than than 10 years ago so you know and i think that's probably why it was so interesting because it was talking about things that a lot of contemporary hip-hop artists weren't really doing especially at the time yeah like 2008 2009 it was like 
fucking bitches and yeah. getting like money. A, and yeah. Room full of liquor. And, we and Eminem had it. just released an album in 2000. I forget which one. But, you know, old Eminem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. And then I just felt like, you know, as, as we go on, I think it kept getting a little better, like, with getting some more interesting samples and some of the experimental sounds. Um, and I, I personally liked his style. Like, I liked his delivery method, mm-hmm. um, which I, a lot of people didn't, but that's, that's fine. Like, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Um, but I think at the time it was different. We hear, I feel like we hear a lot of the kind of, like, genre blending now, where it, this didn't feel like one, to me, it didn't feel like one specific, it didn't feel like a rap album. No. felt like he blended, like, different elements. I don't know how to explain yeah. it, but. It's just, like, I, I would say experimental hip-hop slash yeah. R&B is the best way to put it. Because, like, yeah, there isn't a lot of, like, just, like, actual rap. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of very like sort of slow, deliberate delivery. Yeah. Um, throughout most of the songs, mm-hmm. I don't love solo dolo to skip down to that one, but it does have like a quality to it that I ended up like I think enjoying the more I listen to it in the mm-hmm. sense that much like the other songs and how we've been talking about how he blended styles, it does that really really well. I think. Um, so I don't know what my problem with the song is really other than like just his voice or the fact that he actually says solo dolo in the <laughs> song, you know, like it's just, it takes me out of this sort of like spacey vibe that's going on. I'm more like, wow, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I, I can understand that. Um, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it was, that one wasn't one of my favorites, but the next one, Heart of a Lion. Yeah, Heart of a Lion's really good. I really liked that one. I felt like it was more of a hopeful tone Mm -hmm. than the ones that came before it. Um, Because to me, it's kind of like about not taking shit from anyone, you know, being able to make it through the worst of it and just to keep on going and keep on living your life. And I think that, you know, courage is a strong message. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Um, I think the album definitely wouldn't feel as complete unless there was this sort of like hopeful message in at least a few of the songs. Yeah. Um, Because even in the second half and the more lively ones, like there's there's darkness to it you know Mm -hmm. like pursuit of happiness isn't really a positive song if you think about it but um it sounds like it It is it sounds like it is (laughs) that's the thing like it it really does like if you if you really don't take it to read too much into it i guess yeah but i mean that could be said for a lot of them though if you really don't listen it could just feel more like a laid-back chill yeah you know kind of thing but you know, and then Day and Night, that was obviously one the, of the singles. The big one. That, yeah. And that was probably the biggest single. Um, but I remember absolutely loving this when it came out. And honestly, I still go back to it sometimes. I think for more, I think it was more for a nostalgia factor than anything else. Right. But I definitely still go back to it. I definitely remember literally everybody playing this song out loud all the time on the school bus. And I would just get so pissed off. <laughs> like, honestly, I was so tired of hearing the song. Because then after that, it would be on the radio. And I'd be like, where like, where can I go that this is not? <laughs> um, so, I mean, like, in retrospect, it was, like, it's a good song. It's just I will never be able to remove it from the, the time. The time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of like like when we talk about Florence later, like how Dog Days Are Over, like that came out and then immediately everybody was listening to it yeah. and it was everywhere. It's like, 
it's like such a shitty thing to say looking back to it but it's like because it was popular it became harder to want to say like yeah this is my favorite song from this artist because it's like everybody else is listening to it you know it's like i feel like a lot of my high school and middle school career was like i want to be the interesting underground cool one that isn't just listening to dog days are over right but hurricane drunk you know and i think that's why i didn't listen to so much hip-hop in middle school because it's like that's what everybody else was doing and i didn't want to do that also see i felt in my experience that everybody else was listening to emo music not in my but that, not but in that my could school. just be my that could just be the crowd at my yeah. the scene at my school yeah. um but yeah no i get that um yeah, I mean, it's, like, looking back, obviously, it's, like, wow, that was garbage. But then at the same time, it's, like, but because of that, you know, there's definitely a, a different perspective to be had now. Because I feel like I'm not so much like that anymore. You yeah, know? I agree. I feel like I definitely used to be, like, purposely look for the, the hidden yeah. gems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because, just because I wanted to say that yeah. I... I'd, oh, have you heard this B-side? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I just literally wanted to be like that. And I don't really care about that anymore. Mm-hmm. So, like, now if the single happens to be the best song, I'll let you know the single's the best song. Like, yeah. Don't don't say that, like, some random track 11 is your favorite yeah. for the social, like, credibility. You right. know? The social cachet. The clout, if you will. Because in reality, nobody cares. Really? So. Yeah. Just like <laughs> what you like. You know? And be honest about what you like. Yeah. But um, as far as going on, I feel like... The next track, um, I'm gonna skip down actually yeah. to to Enter Galactic mm-hmm. because that's really the turning point yeah. of the album. I yeah. feel, and I also think that's when it gets a little bit more fun. Also, that's a really good name. Yeah, like Enter Galactic is just a really good like that could be an album name if you really I wanted it somewhere. to be. I don't know. It was probably genius <laughs> because <laughs> duh. Oh yeah. But I read somewhere that it was like about like he had a girlfriend or something and they smoked while listening to um the postal service and that's what like inspired it (laughs) (laughs) a sneak ben gibbard mention on the kid cuddy episode of where you've been listening that's amazing i wish i remembered where i saw that that's so fun i mean yeah i mean who hasn't had that experience right (laughs) smoking while listening to the postal service service. Not even Death Cab, the Pulsar Service. Like, Such great heights, bro. But yeah, no, I think, I think, I really like, I actually really like this song. And I just feel like it's a, it's a good turning, like, change of pace because I'm not trying to feel too depressed. Right, right. And so, you know, I feel like it's a good cruise down the street jam. Mm-hmm. I, um, I like Alive because I really, I like, at the time that this album came out, I really liked Rat It Out. And this the song feels so rad Like, this is just them. Yeah. Like, this is one of their songs, and Kid Cudi happens to be there. Right. Which is why I feel like it's weird that it's on this album, you know? Because it's, like, it definitely is more them than him. It is. Like, I, their style is very so distinct that yeah. I immediately, without even seeing their name featured on I was like, knew. yeah, this is You knew, is yeah, because the guitar tones, yeah. yeah. And, like, this was right before, maybe a few years before um the Mode Rat album, too, came out. And, like, that was like so good it was peak rat it out very good listen to that if you haven't okay oh. but yeah no it's a good song yeah at cuddy zone i think is my favorite song here actually oh cuddy zone is has the best flow on the whole record i think mm-hmm. um no doubt about that and that, that one's the most where he's more like actually rapping versus kind of that 
speaking, speaking slowly right. kind of vibe. So um, definitely got the best flow. I think this onward is like what I like the most of the album. I definitely would say the last few tracks are the strongest tracks. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Um, and Make or Stay, I is mean, important. You could definitely feel Kanye's energy on this. Like Kanye produced the whole record, but like so this he's, is. He's a, I'm sure he's influenced the whole record, especially because he had worked on. Um, uh, Cuddy had worked on Kanye's out last album, uh, 808 and Hearts Breaks. Yeah, that would have been 2008. Yeah, so you know Cuddy was worked on with Kanye on that, and then Kanye in turn worked with Cuddy on this. Yeah. Um. So you, you, the energy's there, but it's with this song you can really even without his feature mm-hmm, like you mm-hmm. the the influence of the way the sampling was used and stuff it feels felt like, very Kanye it feels like graduation like, yeah this song and it's like not like the song graduation but like the album mm-hmm. that song yeah um it's good like it is such a great yeah. use of Lady Gaga's vocals I agree like, and it's like it's um her like acoustic version yeah, of Poker, Poker Face, Face which was interesting too um, and then, you know, in a song-by-song interview with Generations, uh, Cuddy was saying that it came on the radio um, when he was with Kanye, and he was like, somebody has to rap on this, like the Lady Gaga acoustic song did. And so um, Kanye was like, I was thinking the same thing. Um, and then so basically he kind of, in the studio the next day, just chopped it up, put you know, put the production together, and then made it into a song. And mm-hmm. it was going to be a freestyle, but it ended up being... A like full a song. song. Which, I mean, it's good. Yeah. Like, I'm glad that it did because this is such a good use of all of their... That mic's not even on. Why did I... Um, It's such a good use of, like, all of their styles in a way. Like, obviously, yeah. I don't think Lady Gaga had a lot of input on this one specifically. I'm sure she's heard it, but, like... Well, yeah, and, well, Cuddy ended up going on tour with her. Yeah, right, right, right. album came on. Although, I think he left the tour early. But I don't know. I think it was. I think it had to do with an altercation with a fan. Makes sense. But I don't want to say that and be wrong. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, he ended up leaving that tour early. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And then Pursuit of Happiness is the MGMT song that also happens to have it cutting on it, which is <laughs> yeah. really like. This is another one that's. It's got the nostalgic factor. It really does, and I think that's a big reason why it's still popular it literally came on at borough bar yeah like we it's there, still like, two weeks ago. people like, still <laughs> listen to this so um it's like so this relates to what i was talking about earlier but like pursuit of happiness always bothered me because nobody knew who mgmt was like in my circle at the time mm-hmm. like nobody was this before it'd be before gra- um, um uh, congratulations came out okay yeah what when did gra- congratulations come out was it 2009? I don't think it was, because then we would be talking about it right now. <laughs> um, I think it might be 2010 or 2011. Yeah, because I was say, if it's before that, I could definitely see, like, no, I didn't know them before that album, so. Congratulations was 2010. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it was before Congratulations, so that didn't happen. Flash Delirium wasn't out. wasn't making waves in the indie scene. <laughs> I can't even lie to myself. Like, people really didn't like that album. Like, fan, like, the masses. But critics did. And I think that's why MGMT ended up becoming, like, at least somewhat popular. Obviously, Kids Kids was incredibly popular. Um, that's, like, their big thing. Electric feels incredibly popular. So, like, their first album... Oh, wait, yeah. You know what? I did know MGMT by the time 
this Cuddy album came out because I listened to uh, like Time to Pretend and Electric yeah. Feel and Kids. Like those yeah. were the three songs, big songs yeah. on Oracular Spectacular. Yeah. Um, but basically, like in in my school, like not a lot of people did. Um, right. So it always bothered me that like they weren't getting the recognition that I felt that they deserved, which is also just like a really fucking shitty thing. But like. You know, eighth grade Britain was right. very much like a my music is the best music and you are all wrong type yeah. of person, which so glad I've chilled out since that. But <laughs> I don't know, like middle school just does things to people, you know? Yeah, I mean, I could definitely say I was more of a music snob back then than I am now, which is weird because now I actually, we have a whole podcast dedicated to talking about, about music. Yeah, music. but like, so I feel you think like I'd be worse, you know, but it's I like think a different I'm better. Tone. I yeah. think. It's like a much different tone. Moving on. <laughs> Track 14, Higher? Is that how you say it? Higher. Um, it's literally just a song about weed, so let's yeah. not overanalyze that one and, and take it for what it is. Have you ever seen weed spelled O-U-I apostrophe D? Like we, the French word with a D at the end. No. <laughs> I don't know. It just makes me. It just makes me laugh when I see that. Oh. It's like when someone spells ingredients with the last few letters E N C E instead of E N T S. Ingredients. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. No, it is. Super funny. Anyways, last track. <laughs> I could have pretended to, to, no, like, no, no. to find that no, funny. No, I think it was better I, that way. I just wanted to be real. Yeah. Um, up, Up, and Away is the last track, at least on the non-expanded version. Um, and I remember this one was used a lot in commercials. That's all I remember about yeah. it. It was on every car commercial. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it was um, at work for, working for a nuclear-free cities uh, song Rocket was on like a fuck ton of kia commercials in the 2000s yeah um but so that's as far as like the whole album goes so final thoughts so basically you know does it still hold up today how has it impacted the hip-hop scene since um i'll go first i guess Mm -hmm. um i for me I like how it feels like it's crossing genres, yet I feel like it's cohesive and I don't feel like anything's out of place. Um, I think it opened a lot of doors for similar styles and I feel like at the time, in 2009, it was an ambitious project, uh, like just giving the overall dreamy feel of it, his delivery style, um, and not to mention like the running themes, you know, depression, anxiety, loneliness, kind of heavy stuff like that Mm -hmm. um there's a lot to unpack with it when you really listen which is something i definitely didn't fully grasp back when it was originally released um and i do now but you know and it definitely influenced a lot of people i know specifically like travis scott rory and logic are you know successful rappers who have mentioned that the album was influential on their own music so i feel like it had an impact on the direction music was heading and, you know, now we hear people like the Internet, Brock Hampton, mm-hmm. Anderson Pack, who in their own right are kind of like setting similar precedents for like expanding a genre yeah. into something that's more complex. And I personally think it still holds up today. And I think that the fact that it's what people chose for us to talk about, it kind of says that in itself. Mm-hmm. But, but I wonder how much of that was just kind of, oh, yeah, this has Pursuit of Happiness and Day and Night on it. 
I you know? I think a lot of it could have been that. I think a lot of it all. I think a lot of it could have even been the fact that now Cuddy's sound has has changed yeah. a little bit. And yeah, you Kissy know, Ghost is not this album. Right, and people might be thinking of his new sound and be like, oh yeah, I want to go back mm-hmm. and talk about it just because I like his new music. So I think a lot of it could have been that as well. Sorry for hitting the table. I. <laughs> <laughs> um, I completely recognize, like, how this could be seen it like, is seen as an important record for people because, like, like you said, it's sort of ambitious in a way that I feel like only a few artists tend to be by mixing styles and using just different instrumentation than, like, what was currently happening in, like, 2008, 2009 pop scene. And, like, while I don't enjoy many of the songs on here, like, like I said earlier, Cootie Zone, Cootie Zone, Cutty Zone, <laughs> Cutty Zone Onwards is really good and... It's like, I feel like most of the album isn't actually that interesting, but when it switches and gets that energy, it kind of comes alive in a way that makes it kind of retroactively, like, fun to listen to. Um, I don't disagree that it's important, and, like, it's incredibly well-produced, and it's well-mixed, and it has interesting features, and a great use of sampling, and I never really listened to this record back in the day, and, like, I don't really think I'm going to go back into it now that we're done talking about it, but... It does have great messages, and I think it's a good piece of evidence for people like us who believe that hip-hop, pop, rap should be emotional and personal, you know. Um, I think it's important that we talk about it in that way, but going back to it feels like a great starting point rather than, like, an enjoyable conclusion album. Like, this is a starting point for... This was wild in 2009, but like you mentioned, we have, like, 10 years of music being made by people like The Internet, by Thundercat, by Kevin Abstract, and formerly Brockhampton. I, well, I guess still Brockhampton, but in yeah. a different way, you know. Well, his solo um, stuff, I feel like, is very different vibe. Oh, yeah, for sure. So. Um, they do personal, they do unique, they do it well. And I feel like because of that, like I mentioned earlier, it's a really good place to draw inspiration and influence from more so than it is a album that I really enjoy. Like, I respect this album a lot, but I don't really like it. I, I respect your opinion. <laughs> I didn't mean to say that like like uh, uh, in a dick. No way. no 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 yeah. I really I I mean it, and I think I really think that was well said, and I feel like you brought up a good point. Um, like for me, I feel like we obviously have a diff- a little bit of a different opinion. I think we both recognize the impact in the same yeah. way, but obviously we have a different feel. And like I enjoyed it, and I'll probably go back to songs, but like you won't, and that's fine. Like. And like you said, I like, you know, I like what you said about um, us wanting hip hop to be, to go in those directions. Not that, you know, I love a good bop as much as the next person. Yeah, and like it doesn't, your song doesn't always mean, doesn't have, an, yeah, have to actually be things, about things something. Things don't always have to be deep. <laughs> yeah. And like, and that's another thing with like Kid Cudi is like, sometimes I might not be in the mood for that because I, I don't want to listen to something deep. I just yeah. want to listen to something fun. Yeah. So... But overall, like, I think it was really well done. I think it was a good starting point, I'll agree. Like, I think his sound has refined since then and gotten better since then. Um, so that's a thing, too. But Yeah. Yeah, that's that's uh, Man on the Moon, the end of day. <laughs> so for my pick <laughs> to talk about, because like I said before, we're selfish and we want to talk about our picks as well, right. but we'll be more brief for these. Um, so I chose Lungs by Florence, which came out in July of Ugh. 2009. Why? 
Uh, because have you heard her vocals? It's the best <laughs> album like ever because written and recorded by year. a human being. Um, and it's another debut album. Uh, so that's kind of fun too. I guess a lot of good yeah, artists kind of started their career in 2009. My pick was also a debut album. Yeah, so, so a lot of artists, you know, beginning beginning long and successful ones too, because all mm-hmm. the ones that we picked are people that are still going strong. Well, um, they're still going. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, for the, I think it's just like an overall really well done piece. I think it was really good considering it was a debut (laughs) like there are so many pieces that come into play with this album like you have talk of like bad relationships alcoholism anxiety being like excluded from groups and like the other and then you also have like this celtic like mystery just surrounding everything and harps i love me a good harp and i didn't know that before florence but i love me a good harp and like the thing about it too is like something my mom would always say while because my mom loves florence and she would always be like well she hates lana del rey so she'd always be like i don't want to listen to lana del rey she's so depressing i want to listen to florence because she's upbeat and like like, and i'm like but have you really listened to the lyrics florence is super fucking depressing yeah but her music is presented as so upbeat that i feel like that's a general consensus is like yeah she's like she's way more uh fun than lana del rey because like she's fun and like just but then when you really listen it's like it's still it's actually really serious and that's why people compare her and hosier together because Mm -hmm. it's like they sing about sort of similar things there's a lot of like base things based on like religion and the bible and then also like twisting it in a way that it becomes interesting and sort of modern and they both have like a same a similar energy to them i feel like where they just have very very strong vocals no matter what they sing it's going to sound good and it's going to be interesting because they know how they want their songs to be produced to to get that effect and i feel like Florence has obviously seen such, like, great success from all of her albums and all mm-hmm. of her endeavors. Like, she did soundtrack songs for a Final Fantasy game, for Final Fantasy fifteen. She just released... She did a Game of Thrones? Yeah, the Game of Thrones yeah, song from song. last week. So it's like, you know, she's been culturally relevant since this album came out. Mm-hmm. And, like, and that has never waned, I feel like. No, I feel like, if anything... To me, I think her songs, her sound has gotten stronger. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think a lot of people actually think Lungs is probably her best work. But I think she's gotten stronger since then. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as my favorite tracks, I mean, how am I supposed to choose? I don't know. There's 19 of them. So. Um, but I will say Cosmic Love is my favorite one of them all. So good. I think that was the first one I heard besides Dog Days Are Over because obviously – that's the first one I heard because it was popular. Mm -hmm. But no, I think Cosmic Lug was really, especially just like, it was very like, (sighs) night. it reminded me of like nighttime dreaming like kind of thing and like with the harp and like, Mm -hmm. I really just, I don't know, it made me feel things. And it was also used as the promo promo trailer for season two of The Vampire Diaries. So of course, you know, you know how I am with that show. The connection. The connection is there. Um, but I really liked that one. I loved You Got the Love, which is actually a cover song. Yeah, Frankie Knuckles. Um, but that one's just very, like, one of our more, like, very positive and fun songs. Um, Girl With One Eye, like, inspiration for my feeling like a vengeful bitch playlist. Like, Such that a is, good playlist. that is the best, like, I hate you revenge yeah. song, like, 
ever to me. That's like that's a joint playlist that we have, and I think yeah, it's it like is. like you texted me the other day, just completely out of the blue, <laughs> saying that it was underrated. I'm like, it yeah, is. no, it is. It like, is. Got really stuff good. on there. But and then it was also used in, in 90210 as the season two finale episode at the very end. Mm-hmm. It's like this really dramatic, like this the teacher was drunk and like backed into and ruined the school property, like backed into this huge sign, and then it started on fire. And it was just wild. Um, so it's got that going for it, too. But um, And then I really like the Dog uh, dog Days Are Over. Yeah. It's one I listen to less now, I feel like, because of how much it played. And But it, it is just feel, so feel-good. It's so dancey. It's so yeah. m- positive in terms of and mental like, health. Everybody knows the song. Yeah. Like, I mean, ever since it was used as the promo for Eat, Pray, Love. Oh, my God. True. And then geez. I remember... <laughs> Like, in the morning, I used to watch um, MTV, MTVU for the music videos and stuff, like, right before going to school at, like, 6.30 in the morning. And then I saw the music video for this, for um, Dog Days, which was, like, it's so, it's such an interesting video. Um, and then also Little Lion Man by Mumford & Sons. And I'm like, wow, this is interesting. And then suddenly everybody started listening to the Mumford & Sons, and I'm like, oh, that's the one that I like. Am fine with letting go because they got popular. Like I, I'm super. I okay don't like Mumford and Sons, <laughs> but but at the I understand the appeal. Like I, oh, yeah. I do. Oh, I absolutely. understand the appeal. I just don't. I think their their most interesting thing. work is the album that they did that was like heavily inspired by like African instrumentation and drum beats and stuff. But yeah, that's cool. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> that should totally dismiss your thought completely and move on. But um, My Boy Builds Coffins is also really good, and I think that's also one of my favorites on there. I- I'm going to stop before I name drop the whole album. Sure. But the whole album I- is good. So. I'm Not Calling You a Liar was in uh, the credit song for Dragon Age 2, the video game. Fun fact. Which is really fun. Um, I feel like her her music is just so like ubiquitous with like just sort of mysterious, forlorn forlorn feelings but like ones that you can't really place it's like bittersweet like that is the best way that i think i could describe most of this album and just like her runs are incredible oh my god like i just i am beside myself sometimes Mm -hmm. like it's but i I remember distinctly you you've got the love she has like at the end i'm just like mind blown but and i feel like she does that a little bit she did that a little bit more on ceremonials but it's still Mm -hmm, present mm -hmm. here um but like final thoughts, I mean, literally one of the best albums ever made. Like, yeah, probably. No, like, like, yes. <laughs> um, to me, um, not to bring in like something that was released after that, but Ceremonials um, from 2011, I think is a little bit more cohesive and produced, um, and a little bit just for me more front to back. Mm-hmm. But I just then Lungs was for me at least. But you know, I think Lungs was definitely to me. Looking back at all the albums that came out the second half of 2009 from, like, you know, May to December, I feel like Lungs was the strongest like, in my personal opinion. This is, of the of the list that we had to pick from, like, if we had done one full 2009 episode, I don't think this would have been a very easy decision. But because we broke it up, it became a yeah. lot simpler to see. And, like, this album is just so strong. Like, it is probably the only one that I consistently go back to on that list that we have. I agree. Like, the list of all the albums that came out, I, yeah, I definitely think this is the one where it's, like, 
I still listen to this regularly. Yeah. Like, not even, like, I go back to it every once in a while where I could say for mm-hmm. say anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I go back to it every once in a while. Because, like, like, who doesn't? But, but uh, not regularly. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I get in such just, like, strong moods, like, in the summer for Florence. And I just, like, that's all I listen to. It's just, like, I mean, th- makes this. Sense. And, yeah, and, like, oh, I love her so much. So, um... That's that. Britain's pick was uh, Weezer Ratitude. So yeah. Britain, you want to talk about that? <laughs> well, fun fact about Weezer's Ratitude. Um, there's a song on there, the lead single, if you will, the lead single of Ratitude that I don't remember the actual name for, so I'm looking it up. Hold on. Give me one moment. Um so, fun fact about Weezer's Ratitude, it has, if you're wondering if I want you to, I want you to, which is, like, the lead single, also the first song on the album, also the only good song on the album, as far as Weezer songs go. Um, but one I really liked at the time, I was actually sort of a Weezer fan in 2009. Um, I had a Weezer shirt. I had a Troublemaker shirt, like, from their tour, so. That was me. I still have it. I found it when I was cleaning my room out over winter break. You should break. burn it. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's too important. Someone might want it one of these days, you know? It's a relic when they get inducted into, like, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is the best band of all time <laughs> for their cover of Africa by Toto. <laughs> um, oh, no, fuck Weezer. But, like... They had, they had, they had a good run. They then... did, but like they're done now. <laughs> like anyway, um, my pick was XX by the XX. Yeah, it wasn't actually Weezer. Um, which you went off about Weezer, and I was like, "Is you changing it?" Like no, just no, no, no. <laughs> um, the first song is the only one that I liked from that album, but yeah. So the XX is a very interesting album because it's a debut. Um, it also led to a lot of really interesting music, kind of in the decade following. Um, because Jamie XX, who wasn't known as Jamie Very XX cute. yet, um, produced this whole album, as well as the rest of the XX ones. And then he did that really f- good album that has the rainbow on it that I can't remember the name of, and did the music for a whole mess of things that I didn't look up, and it's <laughs> fine. But anyway, this album, like, you see it on the store shelf. You go into your FYE in the mall in 2009. Urban or your Urban Outfitters, sure. For me, it was FYE. And you just see this black record with an X on it. And you're like, what? <laughs> what is that? Um, and then you put it in the thing and you listen. And you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> this is British Interpol with a male and female vocalist. And wild as shit production from Jamie XX. It's shoegazy. Before I realized I really like shoegaze. It's dark pop. It's a positive synthesis of electronic and acoustic elements and a debut album. And I'm like, wow. This is great. All these things in one. All of these things combined give us like a pretty solid album that I think people still go back to relatively often today, I would think. I think it's still very, especially this one even specifically, like, like I think all their work is something that people listen to, but I feel like specifically this one. I, I think, yeah, because intro was in so many movies yeah. and trailers and TV shows, like too many, quite literally to list right now. But if you want to find that while I'm talking, feel free. But intro is in so many things, both the long and the short version. Um, 
and most of the songs were actually developed around like simple drum beats that were made by Jamie on his computer. Um, it's on Enemies' 500 best albums of all time list as 237, and allegedly it's called XX because everyone in the band just turned 20, and many of the critics thought that it was like full of teenage lust and such, which like I get because most of the songs have like sort of romantic elements to the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't really think it's like a a lusty sex album. I think no, it's no, I wouldn't say that. Just sort of like a longing, just a general longing emotion. is, yeah. is what it is. Like the PG. Yeah, you know, it's like PG love. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. I think intro obviously is such a good song. Like this has been on so many playlists across the world. <laughs> That's the first song. I'm sure. I can only imagine. Um, it's been in trailers. It's been in credits it's been in tv shows just like randomly interspersed when they needed some interesting indie song to play um accurate yeah it is good it's hella good and then crystallized crystallized is so so... good that (laughs) Um, song is so good the guitar and bass and the way that they work together in the song is amazing it's simple but it's well done and effective and i think the vocals are haunting I hauntingly sung for a lot of that too is that it's simple yet so oh yeah good done well it's like really yeah. refined for a debut album yeah i think and crystallized was also in the gossip world soundtrack so yeah it's in a bunch um it's sexy and brutish and like i think it's definitely one of those songs that like you either get murdered or murder too check out my sex murder party playlist for more <laughs> I also found out recently that artists get a notification and the name of the playlist that their song got added to. Really? Really. So, like... Well, there's no way they actually could check all that, because I'm sure a lot of people add playlists with their songs. In them, oh, though. sure. But, like, they all go. Like, Spotify sends a list of every playlist that their song is on. That's amazing. Which, so, like... If some... I was an artist, I would absolutely scan That's that whole so thing amazing. and yeah, look for like, the best ones. And, like, between us, like, we... We listen to, like, a lot of, like, lesser-known artists, I feel like, sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's no way they're not seeing that yeah. their song is being added to Sex Murder Party. <laughs> Good. <laughs> like, like, that's awesome. But um, Crystallize is great. Islands and is really good. Islands is, um yeah, the third track that I think is important because, one, it's coupled with this really interesting video, kind of like a purgatory thing where it just keeps starting and stopping over and over again at the same point. But each time something different changes in the frame um eventually leading to like a, a dramatic conclusion where things are on fire which i think is fun but it's like a really good song and i i loved it the first time i heard it i think and i think that might be the first song i heard from them actually because of the video and it's just it's it's good the vocals the editing the mixing the production everything about it and then basic space is one of their like not as popular songs and it's one of the most sparse tracks i think it's a very simple beat and there's nothing else really embellishing it for most of the song until after the chorus hits and then after that it's just like these really enchanting vocals that kind of take you through a a song about maybe romance i don't know maybe we're not meant to know maybe we're not meant to know you know <laughs> maybe it's just too deep but i think it remains their best album um yeah i think it's also just the fact that it came out in 2009 is like kind of surprising when you think about it because i feel like it's so modern 
It still is. Yeah. Like, you like, know? It's a very, like, you could go back to this at any Like, point I would time. believe, if I didn't already know, I would believe that this came out today. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like it came out 10 years ago. No, in that way, it sort of feels, like, both timeless and also ahead of its time. Because yeah. I feel like in their follow-up albums, they've never really been able to capture the same energy. Mm-hmm. And if if that's the best way to put it, I guess. I don't know. But... I don't know. I just I'm not as big of a fan of, of their other albums, but this one is just so nigh perfect that it's hard hard to not talk about. Sweet. Yeah. So that's 2009. That was all of 2009. All, all of, of 2009. it. Just summed up in three albums. No. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was obviously other stuff that happened, but I feel like our choices were were good ones, and and. I guess your listener's choice was a good one too. I think so. Yeah, if there's albums that we didn't talk about, you know, you know, like Weezer's Ratitude. (laughs) Yeah, well, we mentioned it, so it's off the list. Don't talk about that one. (laughs) Or Twenty One Pilots. Twenty One Pilots is first album, yeah. Forever the sickest kids. It's so weird to me that Twenty One Pilots' first album was in two thousand fucking nine. It's so weird to me that they're still making music. Because it didn't. It, it wasn't until, like, high school that people started, like, listening to them. Yeah. But. No. But whatever. <laughs> Thank you for listening, as always. So Ho- were you even listening? Yeah, hopefully you were listening and we weren't just, like, background noise. I mean, either way. But either, I mean, even if you were, that's fine. Thank you for we pressing use, play. We could use the clicks always. Yeah, thank you. Um, But, yeah, make sure you check out Final Me, please. Mm-hmm. Always. Mm-hmm. Got a rep. Check out um the other podcasts I do at Walter well, Off and Stereo Confidential. Don't listen to Stereo Confidential. Well, I mean, like, please do support our Patreon. Don't support the Patreon. <laughs> we just did a series Take on down the, yeah, the yeah, patriarchy. Yes. Oh my god. We just did a series on the Yeah Yeah Yes, uh, which is fun. And I'm actually a patron. Uh, yeah, so but I'm like at the one dollar a month <laughs> level because I refuse to give Chris more than one dollar <laughs> of my time a month. Thank you. Um, <laughs> we're doing a, uh, a producer's choice uh, episode for my birthday where I'm forcing them to listen to an album that I chose, and I chose Sayosin's "Translating the Name." Um, so that'll be fun, but that's completely unrelated to this. So I'll stop. That's fine. No. Okay. Maybe maybe this will like encourage like cross promotion cross promotion yeah that's then, what i was and trying then the next one and be like hey listen to and this listen. kind of lesser podcast but like still fun <laughs> deep fun and diverse <laughs> thank you <laughs> bye <laughs>Hi. Riley, you're on Where You Even Listening. Thanks for calling in. <laughs> We're talking about Kid Cuddy. <laughs> I love a good bob. I love a good, per- I love a good pursuit of happiness. Right, I knew that right. was going to be the one yeah. you mentioned. That just proofs the point that we were just talking about. <laughs> Anyways, what's up?